Monday, episode 31, covering Minute 30. Uh, how are you doing, Andrew? Uh, pretty good. Pretty yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, sorry, it's my grand debut on the Knives Out Minute. Uh, uh, it's... Hello. <laughs> so uh, I've mentioned this on my other minutes, but again, uh, I am recording my minutes backwards. <laughs> so... This is so. This is the first minute anybody will have heard me on, but I'm like, oh no, this is the third week I've recorded, so <laughs> I I don't know how to like act normal or like introduction. But hi, I'm Allison. Um, we're here to talk about knives out, so that's always a good time. So we're talking about minute thirty. Um, the description of this minute is that the time is midnight. Mar- Marta's leaving the house. Uh. <laughs> I have in my notes, Michael Shannon smokes, and I don't know why I had to put that as a separate note. Um, the detectives are recounting the events. Harlan, question mark, comes down for a midnight snack. The time of death is estimated to be 12.15 to 2 a.m. Uh, Meg came home. Walt and Jacob go to bed. 3 a.m. Dark's dogs are barking, which wakes up Meg. Every moment accounted for. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts about this? first minute of this week i i like it it's a very um it's a very tight minute i yeah i think when you know for for those of us who do minute by minute podcasts uh there's a certain kind of minute that we really enjoy and that's where it just tells a little story and that's exactly what this is it perfectly tells a story in one minute yeah well i i think uh having mentioned that i've done some of the other weeks before this one um messing up with the entire continuity of this podcast so sorry uh, one of the things that i really like about talking about knives out is i feel like so many of the minutes are so tight um i because every time i have looked at like okay what what am i gonna be talking about this week i'm like oh that's a good one i was given a good minute this week so it's like uh i i'm just like I feel like every time I like can even just like looking at this movie on a micro level, I'm just so jazzed about it because it's just so um, such a tightly made movie. Um, Yeah. And I also just kind of really love this moment in detective stories in general, where just the mystery is set up and you you see kind of uh, here's here's where we our knowledge is at the start and we know that it's going to be. messed with by the end so i think this is just kind of a fairly fun point in time in the movie yeah i i do remember when i um saw this in theaters for the first time this was very much the here's a bunch of clues right here's the information uh that we're given and you know you have to you know do you trust the source of it do you do you trust what people say you know who who could be you know that that is the kind of the conceit of this film it's you know who who did it? <laughs> but also, right. w- you know, when as the film goes along, it's more it's more than that. It it really uh, I think that's what makes Knives Out stand out from other movies like this, where they can. It's more than just 
who did it. It's it's like a, a triple cross on who did what and why and where and how. Right, exactly. It's like as much a uh, why done it and a how done it as mm-hmm. a who done it, mm-hmm. which is really <laughs> right. Well, because I mean, yeah, this movie just really kind of uh, subverts a lot of stuff. So I, but I think that like for as much subverting as the movie does, I feel like this minute is the most kind of straightforward mm-hmm. detective story of the entire movie, maybe, where it's just like, here's the events. We're going through every bit of this night when he could have died. Uh, here's where all of the actors are, are and all of the people are, like, do we believe this? Is This is just where we know right now. So it feels like the most... Um, kind of straightforward this movie ever really gets <laughs> yeah. but in kind of a fun way <laughs> uh you, you know what's a uh, a fun thing that i i remember really enjoying even from the first time i saw it, it's the um the apple watch that mm. that uh michael shannon's character walt is wearing i i like that it's 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 a way of having technology in the story without it being uh, like overtaking the story it's just like yes this character would have an apple watch <laughs> yeah no i i didn't even never like i've seen this movie several times and i've noticed the watch because he specifically looks at the watch to m- note the time but i don't think i ever even really put those two together but it, it's 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 nice though because one of the things that i've i've, I've definitely talked with, with people about or heard people talk about is the problem of dealing with technology with detective stories where, you know, if, if everybody has a cell phone on them at all times, do do you have this many questions that might pop up as opposed to, you know, 20 years ago when people are a lot less easy to track? But, but yeah, it, I think that Knives Out does it in a nice way where it's like, no, everybody does have this, this technology at, at, in play, but it's not necessarily relevant or not necessarily used for the story. So I, I, that, that is definitely appreciated, appreciated. Um, I do like, and then this is all being this whole minute. The, what we're hearing is Lieutenant uh, Elliot Mm -hmm. is telling this whole story. I kind of like that kind of angle to it. It's, it's, it's one person investigating who got all of the information, put it all together and is relaying it to, you know, Benoit, uh, who is trying to figure out okay now what part of this can i pick apart yeah rather than it, i i like that it's you know he's already compiled it i like that that's he's got this narrative he's put all the stories together and it kind of makes it it makes more sense than if one person in the house just knew everything that happened <laughs> yeah also it's it's uh <laughs> i feel like we should mention that lieutenant uh elliot is played by like uh, stanfield who is like extraordinary so it's like oh of course like it's kind of fun to have that mo- that minute where he's uh he's telling the whole thing and accounting for everything so I, I i just like him so i was very excited to see him get kind of what the time he gets in this movie yeah and he is playing i would think like a very straightforward character as opposed mm-hmm. to i i think what a lot of people know him for uh, his his role in Get Out, or uh, uh, even in um, was that show Atlanta. Yeah, I uh, like yeah. I've seen him in, in like Get Out, but but his his big role for me is Sorry to Bother You, which oh right, yeah, which like is 
maybe the opposite of straightforward that you could possibly get. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what what this minute is, is that it is the most kind of straightforward. Here's a detective who's pieced everything together. He's telling all of the events. Um, and uh, setting the scene, really. Um, yeah, I, what... I also, I like the, the, the mystery of the dogs barking. As much yes. information as everyone has here, there is still that little, like, okay, what were the dogs barking at? Or were they barking at nothing? We, we don't know yet in the story. Right, but that it's specifically at 3 a.m. the dogs start barking, which wakes up Meg. So it's, it's, there is an element of, especially if you're watching it as kind of an armchair detective going, hmm, why, why were the dogs barking? There are specifically some elements that you can kind of start picking at even before we have everything kind of thrown into disarray or we, we get more story. There's still moments where you go, hmm, that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, one thing, uh, one of the things that we're kind of going on and uh, bringing up throughout um, the weeks of this podcast are is the score of the movie. And I feel like um, out of the minutes that we're covering this week, uh, this is the minute that has the most uh, present score. So I thought we could bring it up here. Um, what do you think about the overall score of Knives Out? You know, I, um, do you recall offhand who, who did the score? Oh, oh gosh. I, I've brought it up, but I don't remember right now. Um, it is... Let me... Oh, Nathan Johnson. Nathan Johnson, yeah. Of and course. Yeah. His, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, did he... I thought he worked on another one of his films, he's, on Ryan Johnson's I, films. He, yeah, they're, they're cousins, and I think oh, right. that they've done pretty much everything except for The Last Jedi, which uh, which is its whole... Another whole can of worms <laughs> that they would, you know... But yeah, he's done... He, he's done... Um, Composing for Brick, the Brothers Bloom, Looper, and then now Knives Out. That would be funny if he if they did give him Last Jedi, though. If they I were just mean, like, you know what, honestly, we want to take it a different way. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. I I am all... F- I, 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 we'll be talking about uh, Ryan Johnson's other films later in this week, mm-hmm. but I am all for like Star Wars being like, oh, let's just give it to an auteur and do whatever they want to. So, well, I... I think i mean that's kind of what's happened with the the music for the mandalorian it's oh, really oh uh, ludwig Gorenson just really took it to another level <laughs> this, yeah this is a total tangent but the music for the mandalorian is just like ups, like upsettingly good I, I i love that music so so much and uh yeah as but i am a big fan of people being given the reins to uh franchises and just being told i don't know do whatever you want with it so that's but but yeah the uh the music in knives out i i remember you know a few moments of of really um you know interesting the way that it it matches a scene but uh i i didn't really notice it in this minute <laughs> i'll be honest yeah i i only notice it because the rest of the minutes are fairly quiet mm-hmm. um so i wanted to pick it out uh here it felt um uh, kind of almost like I, I kind of at least personally I felt it was almost like kind of a stereotypical kind of mystery 
soundtrack for like, oh, the plot thickens here, which kind of, I feel like, leads, um, adds credence to the whole, this is the more straightforward telling of the story before we get into all the other ways that Knives Out completely throws a wrench into it. So I, it, that's kind of the, what I felt with the soundtrack this for this minute was just that, uh, like, th- it's pretty straightforward to the point where you might not even really notice it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I only noticed it because I was like, what minute had soundtrack to talk about? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, do you have anything else that you really want to talk about of the, this minute? This might be kind of a shorter one, but I, I, I feel like I've talked what I want to say. Uh, no, you know, um, I, I did want to mention, so, yeah. uh, because it's my first appearance, I did see Knives Out in theaters. Mm. Uh, that was just going to be my and, next question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure that was known. And in fact, I looked it up. Um, I'm that kind of person that uh, keeps track of when I saw movies. I actually, I believe I saw it in in like a, um, uh, it wasn't a like a preview screening, but it was the weekend before like the official release. Mm, mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I I was very excited. It was a, it, and it was a smaller theater, I remember, but it was full. Uh, and so people were excited for this. And I, 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 I had a very good time in the theater. And then I actually managed to see it at a drive-in uh, at sometime last year. Uh, now oh, that, that drive-ins are fine. happening again, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a drive-in um, series that is put on by a local um, independent theater that I really enjoy called the Frida Cinema. Uh, if anyone's in the Southern California area, check them out because they put on some very good shows. No, that sounds that sounds really fun. I, I, I was wanting to get into the whole drive-in thing, but the only issue is I don't drive, so uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> little little uh, issue there with all of that. But yeah, I saw it in theaters too, and. Um, I was, it's one of those movies where I saw the trailer and immediately was like, okay, I am seeing this. I, it was like, it was immediately, I was just super excited, uh, especially as somebody that's liked um, Johnson's other work. And I wanted to see what he's going to do next after being given the keys to a big franchise. So, and, and then the fact that he just was like, no, I'm going to do this original uh, mystery movie. And it's like, so I, I was very much excited for that, and uh, I, I'm also at that point right now where just the idea of seeing anything in a movie is uh, in a movie theater rather is is like I, I miss that because uh, disclosure we're recording this at the end of January 2021, so uh, it's been several months since I've seen a movie in a movie theater, but um, but yeah. but <laughs> it's, it's a sad time. It's been a weird time. I'm a uh, I, I imagine that most of us who are doing this podcast are big movie goers, but I, I I go to them a lot, and it's been it's been a tough year to not go to any movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. it's uh it is like a funny thing how whenever I'm talking to someone and they go, oh yeah, the last movie I saw was, and they name something from the previous year, like they haven't even yeah gone in the last six months, and I just I can't. I could never imagine that, and now oh, we have yeah, to live and it. that's me. Yeah, no, I I'm the same way. Um, although my personal issue with that is uh, one of the last movies I saw before the end, before everything, 
was Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I love um, uh-huh. and is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Then a week later, right before lockdown and everything, I had to go to a midnight. I went to a midnight screening of Cats. So that is the last movie I saw in theaters before well, everything. So people asked me that because they're like, oh, you like movies. What was the last movie you saw? And I'm like, it was Cats. At, at least it's something, uh, well, at least it's something interesting. I don't know. My, it was, um, Midnight my, Screening was yeah. fun. I recommend a midnight screening of Cats if you want to go see a midnight screening of uh, anything so no it my last movie uh was actually uh friday the 13th uh part four mm. or no part five it was part five so it wasn't even a good friday the 13th <laughs> um because that was it was march 13th and everything shut down like that weekend it was, oh that's right yeah yeah okay Ab- <laughs> it was absolutely yeah. nuts i i couldn't believe it yeah yeah, one of the other last movies I saw before that was uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. So it's like, mm, there's like a, which is fun, but it was like, not exactly you know high cinema. For t- I for, for my <laughs> money, Cats is a better one. Than Sonic. <laughs> uh, you know, Midnight Screening. I recommend it. It's yeah. very, uh, once, uh, things are better, and we can do Midnight Screenings where people are. A little bit inebriated watching a really bad movie. I recommend Cats for that because uh, it's very fun, but it's also <laughs> the last movie. But yeah, Knives Out, <laughs> which is per, uh, the point of this podcast. I, I remember being a really good time in theaters. Um, it, it's a movie that I've really enjoyed multiple viewings of, uh, and I don't think it's necessarily a movie you need to be completely spoiler free but at the same time that first viewing where you're just so surprised by everything is is really enjoyable right do you, do you have anything else that you'd like to bring up for this week uh or no this episode I... sorry <laughs> Ryan, man I'm like, oh my god I'm like, oh great i'm getting kicked off on episode one <laughs> <laughs> no this is just me recording it after a day of work and going oh gosh what's what's happening anymore so uh, yeah. No, I think that that's it for me on this minute. Great. Uh, wh- uh, where can people find you, or do you have any other plugs or anything like that? Well, I will say uh, I'll 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 try and spread out the plugs since I'll I'll be here all week. Um, but <laughs> I definitely uh, think if people are interested in minute by minute podcasts, they should mm-hmm. check out uh, the first minute by minute podcast that I did, which was called the super Mario brothers minute, where we talked about the 1993 oh my God, I am uh, to to brothers movie minute by minute. Uh, my co-host oh Emily and I, we love that movie. So it's, it's a good, that is a wild movie. Yeah. It's a good time. If you're looking for that, uh, you can find that on all your podcast apps or at, uh, the, the website, is uh, uh, my network, uh, BenViewNetwork.com. And then you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at PodcasterAndrew. Great. And you can find this podcast at Knives Out Minute on Twitter. Uh, If you could rate, review, subscribe on your podcatcher of choice, uh, review on iTunes, Podchaser, wherever. It really helps us out. And we're talking about uh, more people can find out about this podcast, which is always great. Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. And my weekly gaming podcast is Gaming Fix. Uh, and that's at FYX Podcasts on Twitter. And then also 
at uh, fyx.space on the internet because we thought the space domain naming would be a good idea. So, (laughs) all right, well, I'll see you tomorrow.